You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's your friend's name? Was that like a proposition? Was that a secret code or something? What do you mean? You didn't think he existed when I said him? Like, what's your friend's name? Like, it's like after like summer, be like, yeah, I had a girlfriend over the summer, but she moved to a different, (laughs) she moved to a different town. So you wouldn't know her. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast and the only podcast that has a better challenge record than Sean McDermott. I'm your host, Nate, and this is our Recap Edition podcast where we will discuss the Buffalo Bills losing to the Miami Dolphins 21-17 and most likely ending any shot the Bills have at making the playoffs for two seasons in a row. I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Guys, are you ready to discuss this last-minute loss? Let's do it. Sure. All right, great, great. So so question of the... (laughs) Come Come back to me again. I'll think of something better. Okay, all right. Mike. Like, it's just it's like it's just so negative the way you phrased it. Well, it was a last minute loss. It's not being negative, it's just being honest. It's just the way it was. Do you what, what do you want me to say? This great game that I saw being played? I don't we want to discuss the game. Discuss the game. Okay. Do you guys want to discuss the game, Mike? Yeah, let's talk about it, Nate. <laughs> okay. All right, great. So question of the day. Question of the day for the podcast. Is the Bills-Dolphins rivalry still alive and well after today's game? Do you guys think the Bills-Dolphins rivalry is still alive and well after today's game? John, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's always been alive. I mean, they're a division rival. Um, Obviously, uh, through the drought, you know, it's hard to think of them as having any rivals, really. But um, when you got players like uh, Jordan Phillips, who played for the other team, and, um, you know, both teams had a similar record and still kind of in the hunt for the playoffs and all that build up and, and the, the fans and the history of it. I, I think it's alive and well. Yeah. What about you, Mike? No, that's totally wrong. That's totally wrong. <laughs> for a rivalry, for people to care, you have to have winning teams. If they were one and two in the division, if it mat, I mean, the game mattered. But when you think baseball right the rivalry is yankees red sox well if they're if they're not any good nobody cares like the bills dolphins we grew up with they were battling for number one in in the afc right like this is like the 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 
bottom of the basement since since the Pats have gone on their run. Like we could say the same thing. Bills Jets is it a rivalry? Yeah. Bills Dolphins rivalry. Yeah. Bills Patriots. Yeah. But unless the Bills or the Dolphins are tops, at least in the division, it it's lost a lot of luster since the nineties. Well, who's who's the Bills' biggest rival? The Pats right now, because they're they're who we want to be. We've got to beat them to be the champs in the in the AFC East for the last fifteen years. So your rivalry is based on whoever is the best team out there. Whoever whoever you're trying to take down is your biggest rival. Then, so the Jets and the Dolphins' biggest rival has got to be the Pats, based on that, right? It definitely loses. Yes. It's, it definitely loses its luster for sure for the fact that the Bills and Dolphins aren't vying for the number one spot in the AFC East. But I do think that there's a thing. When to you say- rephrase my argument, it doesn't sound as logical or as good. <laughs> well, that's probably because of the argument being made. So, um, <laughs> so I would say that the Bills like have, for some reason, just recently the rivalry's been picked up in the last season or two. And I think it kind of went stale to Mike's point, but with what John was saying, like there's been players going back and forth. Do you remember last season when the bills had to make the playoffs, they had to beat the dolphins to get in and the dolphins, even though they were on like their third string quarterback, they still were trying very hard to, to beat the bills. Like remember Kenyon Drake got thrown out of the game and other players. I mean, it was, it was a chippy game. And, you know, today I would say the same thing too. Like these players don't like each other. It was very similar. Remind me of like the Bills Jaguars game last week. And and there were just like a lot of plays where, you know, you thought there might be some questionable um, late hit penalties. Like, like Kiko Alonso, the last few games that the Bills have played against him, he's just always like on the cusp of getting a late hit penalty. Like he's always after there, like throwing an elbow in or diving in at the last second or whatever. And this is, this is, I think uh, just, I don't know. I feel like a revived rivalry now. Now I know it doesn't matter to Mike's point. Like they're not fighting for anything between them and the dolphins probably won't make the playoffs even with this win. Um, but you could tell they clearly wanted it. And this was something that kind of, it's like, it's like a light version of, um, the like Raven Steelers, right? Which is always like a really intense game, a lot of hitting going on. And uh this kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Just just it's kind of nice it to see. In a vacuum though, think about it, right? You t- you referenced last week. Last week there was a brawl all the way down the tunnel. Bills man's like throwing beer bottles into Fournette's head. Like in a vacuum, if you took the the whatever in the vernacular, the extracurricular activities that took place. Last week was much more intense. Well, anytime you have an ejection that's gonna in a vacuum, that's gonna look like that that much more of a game, a bigger rivalry. And I, I don't, you're not the having an ejection is gonna be a rarity, I think. But maybe it was an ejection because it was much more of a rivalry than the Bills Dolphins. I don't know. I could see both points. I could see both points. I think I'm right though. I think it is much more of a rivalry than it has been in recent years. So okay, that was a question of the game. It so, wasn't you're rephrasing the question completely and then your your original question. Whatever. Continue. <laughs> um but we can keep talking about this. I was just saying the Bills Dolphins rivalry is still alive and well. But okay. And I was just saying it's a shadow of its former self. Oh, 
oh, I don't think anyone would say it's a shadow of its former self. I think that's for I think that's true. I think it's 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 getting there though. It's getting closer. It's not as big as it once was for sure, but it's still a rivalry. No, we don't even know if Tannehill is going to be the quarterback of the Dolphins next season. I think rivalries are kind of built on quarterbacks and winning teams. You know, like the like you were saying, Mike, the Bills Dolphins back in the nineties. Like that was Jim Kelly, Dan Marino. That was the rivalry. Whereas that's a good point. Whereas if Tannehill gets replaced by a new quarterback next season and Josh Allen's in his second season, like can't you see Sam Darnold and Josh Allen being more of a rivalry just because they were drafted in the same season within a few picks mm-hmm. of each other? Just naturally, right? It's, especially if they mm-hmm. both end up being good or having or having good teams. So, um, so yeah, we really nobody in the AFC East has anything to rival or has had anything close to rival Tom Brady since he's been in the league. So, um, so yeah, yeah. If you think about it, the Patriots' biggest rivalries over the year have been not teams in their own division, like you know, it'd be the Colts or somebody. Yeah, the Colts, the Steelers. The Steelers are another good one. They are another good one. So cool. All right. Well, I guess you know, heading into this game, we were really hoping for a win, obviously, with along with a few more wins against some beatable opponents. But um, and it started with their AFC East division rival, the Dolphins. And the Bills, honestly, they dominated the ball offensively and defensively. But penalties got in the way. Special teams was a disappointment. It's kind of an understatement. Um, a lot of coaching decisions were questionable. Um, I think the Bills turned the ball over way too many times. And the refs did not make it easy today for the Bills whatsoever. Um, unfortunately, all of that overshadowed a really decent game by Josh Allen. Um you know, all I think that we're looking for as Bills fans from week to week is just for him to continue to make progress in his rookie season and grow, right? And um, we almost saw him, you know, win the game on a last-minute drive down the field. You know, I thought that last drive specifically, I, he just seemed like he was in command, more than a lot of Bills quarterbacks have seen in the last few years. And, um, you know, that uh, he, marched some, he marched the Bills down the field 65 yards, and that last thing, and, and it just, you know, the pass to Zay Jones was ruled incomplete after being reviewed in the booth. And then Charles Clay dropped that touchdown and fourth down. And, you know, that that was the game. Um, but, you know, obviously, I don't think any of us would disagree that I think Josh Allen had a really good game. He was just, he was just unfortunately um, a subject to things that just didn't go for the Bills on the rest of uh, in the rest of the game, other side of the ball and special teams and just, you know, penalties and the refs so what did you guys think yeah Josh Allen is definitely an exciting player for sure and he did have some miscues today but you're absolutely right like he took command especially late in the game um got him down the field um I'm super optimistic about him and, and his future with the Bills yeah it just feels different when he's in the game and you're watching him lead the offense it does it feels like no throw can't be made right like incredible arm and it just feels like they've always got a chance and there's just been so many years where the bills quarterback position has been subpar and players couldn't make the throw couldn't run with the ball like he he had so many plays so many first downs it felt like um or instances where he kept the ball alive and you're just like wow what a play um where he was able to run, um, extend the drive, get first downs. And it just, it was exciting being a Bills fan and watching that game. 
Yeah, you know, we always talked about um, Tyrod Taylor having great legs and being mobile. I don't think any of us thought that Josh Allen was ever going to be so much better than him this season at doing that. And doing that, and not only is he doing that, but he's getting smarter from week to week. So we talk about progress. Obviously, when we think progress for Josh Allen, we think passing the ball and making the right decisions and leading the team. But I think what kind of gets lost is making smarter decisions running the ball. Because if you notice, like, He's taking less hits while he's doing that. He's learning to slide. He's getting out of bounds. He's just taking that mobility to the next level. And I know he won't be able to do it for the rest of his career like he like he is now. Teams are eventually going to have spies on him like they mentioned in the broadcast. They'll do like th- they'll rush three and have two spies on him. Whatever. He'll have to continue to grow that way, but the fact that he can take advantage of it the way he does, I I think that's I think that's very encouraging. What did you guys think about I know we're going to get into plays of the game a little bit later, but what did you guys think about that last second heave to Charles Clay? I mean, in your opinion, whose fault was that on that play? Was it Josh Allen throwing it too short or was it, you know, across his body like he did? Or do you think it was more of Charles Clay not being able to get back to the ball on that one? So it was tough for me to see because I only saw the one angle when Clay dove back for it, so I couldn't see like where his hands were relative to the ball. Um, I'm assuming that it was a clean drop, but I, I couldn't really tell. It was definitely underthrown, but then again, you have Allen running around like crazy just to get the pass off to begin with, um, so it could have been on target better, but I'm not... I'm, I'm, it looked like Clay should have also caught it. Yeah, I mean, how many quarterbacks can in the league can extend a play like that and then make the throw? The throw could have been better. It didn't look like a tight spiral by any means, but how does Clay not come down with that? Yeah, so I'm kind of in in both camps. I think you're right, John. He just was a madman back there, just evading pass rushers, extending the play. You know, guys were obviously not blocked that well on the D line, and Allen extended that play. He got, and he, not only did he did he throw what I thought was a catchable pass, but Clay was open. Like, there was no guy right next to him. Whereas you think, you know, all those guys are kind of sitting in the end zone. They're just ready. All the DBs are just waiting for that pass, wherever it was. And he somehow find, found a guy that was open, found a guy that wasn't covered, and put it in the end zone. At least, if not a touchdown, at least a first down, you know, first and goal at the one or two. And you're talking, there's still a minute left or almost a minute left in the game. And you can keep that keep that drive going. And, and and to your point, Mike, it wasn't a good pass. Um, it wasn't, you know, it was a little wobbly compared to a lot of Allen's throws. But I'm willing to give Allen more of the benefit of the doubt. I know it's both of their faults, but um, seeing how Charles Clay in his career hasn't had a great career with the Bills, it's been very mediocre to uh, less than amazing. I mean, it's just been, he's been a disappointment in my opinion as a Buffalo Bill, whether that's his fault or the fact that he's had three or four different quarterbacks or offensive coordinators, nobody's been able to use him well, and nobody's been able to make him a great weapon. So I'm starting to lean with the fact that Charles Clay just isn't that good of a player, and I think that that was mostly his fault. I mean, it's not all his fault, but come on, like to win the game, like you just have to find, you just have to find a way to catch that. I'm sorry. So anyway, all right. So let's go to our stats of the game segment. Our stats of the game are brought to you by our T Public store. Um, it's Christmas season. Are you guys thinking of buying a gift for that friend or family member that's a Bills fan? Or maybe for yourself? 
Uh, look no further than our tea public store. By the way, is there anything better than buying a gift for yourself during Christmas season? Like it's like procrastinating. It's like, well, you know, this looks really good. I could buy this, for, or I would, I could just get this for myself. <laughs> um, totally underrated. So um, look no further than our tea public store at tpublic.com slash stores slash ctw pod that's like our twitter handle twitter handle um at charlie tango whiskey pod uh you can find our latest josh allen shirt showing the young man hurtling the haters out there and uh the haters being the local and national media naysayers and critics um is basically from that uh that game where he hurtled the minnesota vikings player but instead of it being the vikings player it's just the word haters so it's really cool we've already sold a bunch for uh bills fans that believe Allen is our franchise quarterback. And I think after today's game, I, it'd be hard to disagree with that. Um, it's available in all colors, all sizes, long sleeve, shirt sleeve, short sleeve, um, tank top, hoodie, onesie for those little Bills fans out there. Um, you don't need another shirt. Well, it's available in coffee mugs, hot cocoa mugs, wall art, cell phone cases. And there's all of our Bills, di- or Bills designs, including our Trust the Process design, our Circling the Wagons logo, so again, check out our tpublic.com uh, slash stores slash CTW pod site for all shirts and all sales uh, this coming Christmas season. So um, stats of the game. Um, here's our first stat of the game. I'm going to do a quick quiz for you guys, for John and Mike. So number of, uh, so so we're going to do this like we always do. We're not playing price of prices right rules. So it's not always whoever has the lowest <laughs> wins. Um, so how many more yards of offense did Buffalo have than Miami today? How many more yards of offense did Buffalo have than Miami today? John, what you got? No, you know what? John always goes first. I'm going to let Mike do this one. That way John can get no, in. A, John a, can go. Yeah, but then you always say like one just a little bit more than him or below him or whatever. Let's do uh, Let's do Mike. Why don't you do first? Let's take a guess. Take a wag at it. Uh, 240. John. 239. <laughs> you, <laughs> I was, I was going to say two. I'll go with 200. <laughs> Mike, did you know that one? Did you look what? at the stats? Did you look at the stats for that one? Yeah. You start to get a little predictable with these little trick questions. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really? Okay, cool. Sweet. Um, <laughs> no, 240. 240 <laughs> is right, Mike. Jeez. All right. All right. I'm going to, I'll give you a good one next week then. Just watch. Um, so that was the state of the game. Buffalo had 415 yards of total offense. Miami only had 175. So a domination, both offensively and defensively for the Bills, um, just really limiting. It's a, really a game that they should have won, um, looking back at it. McDermott, here's a here's an interesting stat. McDermott is 0-6 on challenges this season and 1-10 for 10 in his career as a Bills head coach, going back to the... Uh, the part of the intro when I said, uh, yeah. So um, I, I thought um, I was very disappointed in this stat. There were absolutely zero flea flickers today. Not a fan of that. There needs to be, like we said last week, there needs to be at least one a game. <laughs> um, so let's go into stats of individual players. So on the Bills side of the ball, Josh Allen, 18 for 33, 231 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, I keep I hate when they kept saying during the game, well, that's a second pick of the game. I'm like, yeah, you know, that first pick, though, I know it was a pick, but it was a Hail Mary at the end of the half. Like, th- that does not count the same as when you're trying to get a score or you're in your own, you know, uh, side of the field and you throw a pick. Like, that was just, to me, those picks don't really even count. So, 
really, in my opinion, he had two touchdowns and one interception. Josh Allen rushing for the game. Um, Josh Allen had nine carries for 135 yards today. Um, so he was a leading Bills rusher, clearly. Um, quick quick uh, stat on that, um, on that stat. Josh Allen's rushing yardage of 135 breaks the franchise record he set last week. So he is a franchise leader of uh, Bills rushing yardage for a quarterback. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was a second leading rusher, 15 carries for 52 yards. The Bills could not get going on the ground with LaShawn McCoy or any other running back. Chris Ivory was six carries for four yards. And he had that fumble. It was a pretty bad game by Chris Ivory. Um, Receiving-wise, another great week for Zay Jones. Zay Jones, a leading receiver for the Bills. Four receptions, 67 yards, two touchdowns on the game. He had nine targets overall. Um, Isaiah McKenzie was a second-leading receiver. Four receptions, 46 yards on four targets. Um, on the Dolphins side, we'll just do this real quick because no one cares about the Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 16 for 24, only 137 yards passing, but three touchdowns and one interception. And Kenyon Drake was leading rusher, only seven carries on the day for 31 yards. So the Bills really did a good job of bottling up the run today. Um, um, other stats of the game, uh, turnovers. Uh, the Bills uh, gave the ball away three times. And Miami only did once. I think that was one of the huge um, areas of the weaknesses of the Bills today, just coughing up the ball too many times. Um, again, it probably the interception against Josh Allen, you know, whatever. So 2-1. Uh, penalties, another game where the Bills just had a ton of penalties. 13 on the day for the Buffalo Bills and only 8 for Miami. And some questionable penalties in there, maybe some penalties that should have been called. Um, sacks on the game. Um, the Bills had three sacks today. Miami had two. So the Bills defense really doing a great job there. So so let's talk about plays of the game that stood out to us. I mean, there's a ton in this in this game. I mean, it was it just seemed like there were just a lot of very important plays that went one way or the other and some blown calls and some penalties and stuff like that. Um first off, let's talk about the day Steven Hauschka had today. Um, a very unhauschka like game. Um, he missed a point after, which is rare. Um, and then he missed a field goal later on in the game, which I thought was very, very odd. Um, it was a 55 yarder, so it wasn't a chip shot, but just a weird game. Normally, uh, Hauschka's money for all of those. So, um, it was a rough game by Steven Hauschka. Uh, one of the things that we mentioned earlier, special teams, um, Isaiah McKenzie had that big muffed punt in the second quarter where he got hit by his own player. The ball hits him. It's recovered by the Dolphins at the Bills' 36-yard line. And then, you know, a few plays later, the Dolphins score a touchdown. So um, that was I think that was one of the uh, – ended up being one of the most important plays of the game, looking back at it. And the Bills' special teams, I think that's one of the things that we've talked about this season. It continues to disappoint, um, whereas I'm wondering – you know, between missed field goals, between muff punts, between um, bad coverage on the team, between bad punting today. Um, there was a play that was, there was a, a partially blocked punt today. So, I mean, you could blame it on the the blocking on special teams or maybe the new punter that they just signed this week for some reason. They got rid of Colton Schmidt. Um, the special teams has just been very, it's been a head-scratching unit this this season and been a disappointment. 
Um, I'd say almost as much as Kelvin Benjamin, but we know Kelvin Benjamin's the biggest disappointment of this bill season. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, um, another, there was that Bills almost safety against Ryan Tannehill in the first quarter, um, where the Bills looked like they had Tannehill dead to rights. He looked like he outstretched, maybe got his knee down right before the goal line or whatever, and it ends up being, um, it ends up not being called a safety. McDermott challenges. We talked about Sean McDermott's challenges a little bit earlier, and the play ends up standing. It was another bad challenge by Sean McDermott, um, and it was such a close safety. I mean, that again, that might have been another play that swings the game one way or another. Let's see. Uh, Ivory fumbles. Chris Ivory fumbles in the second quarter after not even getting hit in the backfield. That was just kind of a phantom hit. He just fumbled it. Are there any plays that stood out to you guys before I continue? John? That um on that touchdown miss to Zay Jones, was that just off target or was there a miscommunication there? Do you know? So um it looked it was definitely off target from the play on the field, but because Josh Allen threw it behind him. But I guess um according to some tweet that I read from somebody near the sidelines that um Josh Allen went over and talked to Zay Jones after that play. And then Brian Dable did the same thing. I think what had happened is they wanted Zay Jones to stick and stay in the end zone once he got to where he want, where he needed to be, where he was open, instead of continuing to run. And so, yeah, so that might have been on Zay Jones that time. There was the back-to-back interceptions, the first one thrown by Allen um, to the Dolphins, and then the second one right, right after that immediately thrown by Ryan Tannehill. Allen throws to the touchdown to Zay Jones. It was a great pass. And then they ended up getting the two-point conversion also. And uh, things looked really good for the Bills. One huge play that I I, I ended up becoming a touchdown um, against the Bills was, do you guys remember when Jordan Phillips tackled um, Kenny? What an idiot! <laughs> he just slaps the guy's feet down after an amazing play in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah, there was, uh, so yeah, for those that didn't see it or don't remember it, Jordan Phillips had this great run stuff in the backfield uh, of Kenyon Drake for a four-yard loss. But um, as he was getting up to celebrate, um, Drake's foot was just having to be in the air and he throws it aside. He just like knocks it out of his way. Uh, just kind of, it's kind of a boneheaded play. And then instead of getting a minus four-yard loss, it ends up being a 15-yard penalty. What's annoying about that was, I guess, the inconsistency of these calls. So they were willing to call that play where he kind of like throws his foot to the side. It wasn't harmful. It wasn't, I guess the thing that bothers me is the inconsistency in calling because you'll have that kind of play where it was an unsportsmanlike misconduct, he throws his foot to the side. Yet when Josh Allen gets sacked and the guy wraps his arm around his neck and head and throws him down, you know, that was not a roughing the passer call or an unsportsmanlike misconduct call against that against the Dolphins player. And I, I guess what has to happen, I, I guess I always kind of look at it like, if that happened to Brady, would they have called that as a roughing the passer? Maybe damn sure if that play had happened against Brady that happened against Allen, they would have thrown a flag for that. And I, I guess that goes into my what I said earlier about the poor refereeing of the game and calling of the game. And I don't know if it's because... It was Sean Hockley, Ed Hockley's son, and Ed Hockley was a terrible referee, so his son is one also. Um, I think it's just, 
I don't know. It was inconsistency. And not only that, after after that blown um, penalty call that wasn't called against Josh Allen, he was hit in the head again on another play where he was brought down. You know, it was kind of a late play. It was after the pass was called. He got elbowed in the head. And again, that wasn't called. And he's trying to like be like, guys, come on. Like, what the hell? What's going on here? Like, and especially, you have to be consistent. If you're going to call it on one side, you have to call it on the other side. So um, earlier in the game, Raphael Bush was called for a roughing the passer call because he tackled Ryan Tannehill. And, I, and they didn't give an explanation, but apparently it's because he hit him so hard he knocked him off the ground or something like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't like he tackled him and threw him down like a wrestling move. He just tackled him and Ryan Tannehill left his feet because he, I think he's like a very, <laughs> he's not a big dude. I think he easily, he's just not a very, he's he's not as big as Josh Allen. So like when you hit him and he's not looking for it, like I, I think he just gets hit harder. <laughs> um, but that play was called. So if you're going to call something like that, I feel like you have to do it the other way. If there, if it's roughing the passer one way, it has to be roughing the passer the other way. And I feel like since the, the league or the refs don't respect Josh Allen because he runs a lot. They probably feel like, well, he has it coming to him, but really, I don't know. I was very disappointed with the play calling. What'd you guys think about the referees today? Am I completely off base here? No, I think there were, there were definitely um, some officiating issues. I think that there were, there were missed calls. Um, I don't, uh, I think the bills should have won despite that. I don't think it was a, at a game changer level. Um, but it didn't help. It's a lot there to unpack. I don't think just because you didn't like the father hockey, the senior hockey, you don't like the kid. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. If I don't if I don't like your dad, I don't like you. <laughs> well, I I think that I was good. Well, we think we'll pause while I think of a good counterexample. Well, I it's not that I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for this game. But I remember Ed Hockley always having terrible calls against the Bills and terrible calls in his career. He was not a good referee. I think they pretty much, I believe that in his last season, they might have taken him out of the Super Bowl, like being the Super Bowl ref. So um, I don't know. I never really liked Ed Hockley. And, and neither did the Bills players because uh, Jerry Hughes, I don't know if you guys saw this, Jerry Hughes actually followed the referees into the tunnel after the game to yell at them and scream at them and saying, I guess he alleged that. One of them called him a bitch, which is kind of crazy for a referee to do. Um, again, I don't know if that's the Bills just not getting the calls or Jerry Hughes being a hothead, which we've seen him do time and time again as a Bills player, which he's actually been pretty good this season, surprisingly. Not a lot of 15-yard penalties. But again, we've never seen him um, chase anyone into the tunnel. And he had to be restrained. He was looking to possibly fight a referee, which you don't see happen that often. Oh, I got one. So in Braveheart, remember that Robert the Bruce was a good guy, but his dad was a total. Can I swear on this? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. He was a total asshole, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He was terrible. So there you go. That's perfect comparison. No, well, he got Isaac the Bruce. He got Robert, Robert the Bruce. Isaac the Bruce. Was, it's like a <laughs> it's a Rams player, isn't it? Isaac Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest show on turf. <laughs> Greatest show on turf. Same guy, basically. So Robert the Bruce, he got in the crown, though, so he wasn't a terrible guy, right? No, you're saying Ed Hockley was bad, and that's like Robert the Bruce's dad, who was... Who was bad, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I was just, I'm just right? playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, true. True, I guess. I guess. Okay. I agree with Mike. <laughs> well, I agree with that example. I mean, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from a tree is not a, is not a saying 
because people that are jerks don't have children that are jerks too. <laughs> like so there's sayings for everything. Right? Okay, here's one. <laughs> here's the a saying. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Like, oh, that's a popular saying. And then we could have a saying the exact opposite. Like, um, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Boom. <laughs> two sayings, two popular sayings mean they're exact opposites. No, because they're both taken care of. The squeaky wheel gets the grease and the, the means, nail that sticks right. up gets hammered down because they're both things that need to be fixed. No, that's terrible. That's bad. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, they're both bad things, but there's this is how they fix them. They no, the squeaky the wheel. wheel wants the grease. The nail doesn't want to get hammered. No. You could say that the apple sometimes falls far from the tree. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be. Oh, I'm so, okay. This got way out of hand. I shouldn't say that I I shouldn't like Sean Hockley because I didn't like his father. All right, so whatever. But can't judge someone by their father. I get it. Okay. <laughs> That was my point, but I didn't like it. Hockley is ref, and uh, Sean Hockley didn't get off on the right foot with me so far in his early tenure as a referee. So, um, yeah, it was just a means to bring up the Jerry Hughes thing, all right? So, yeah, all right, well, let's go into our wall of fame for today's game. Cut all that. Cut all that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so, wall of famer for today's game. Let's talk about who we want to put on our wall of fame. Who do we think had a great game, even though it was a loss for today? John, who's on your wall of fame? I got to go with Josh Allen. Um, you know, he he had the pick and the um, the fumble that kind of set him back on the field goal, but in a few other miscues. But 134 yards rushing, um, looked really good on those touchdown passes. Um Really, really exciting. Almost almost came back at the end of the game. He really was the only thing that gave the Bills a chance um, to end up winning the game. So I, I have to go with Allen. Honorable mention, Zay Jones. I thought he had a good game. A couple touchdowns. Two-point conversion. Um, almost had that third touchdown on the uh, miscommunication there. Of course. They're a completely different team with Allen in there, right? You saw the stat of the game where he's the... Okay, hold on. <laughs> Franchise. I got it here. Why did I do it when I didn't when I didn't have it? Hold on. John was talking. Let's write that, this down. John was talking that whole time. I don't know why you didn't have time to check your stats. Oh yeah. Okay. Mark, first rookie co- rookie in back to back with back to Mark, first rookie in back to back ninety plus rushing yards since nineteen sixty one. That's amazing. How would you not be the Wall of Famer. Is that what we're calling it? Wall of Famer? Yeah. Player of the game for the Bills? Yeah. Um, and then last play of the third quarter, right, where he had that long run, moves around in the pocket, lifts the ball up over the defensive lineman, and then beats Alonzo in a foot race. He's, like, holding the ball on one hand and, like, pushing Alonzo at the other hand. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Those were great plays. And, and Kiko Alonzo, for whatever we were saying about him earlier, he's very athletic. You know, he's, he's extremely athletic linebacker. So for him to do that to – very yeah, absolutely. I didn't really like how he was like flexing. Oh, Kiko Alonso. Yeah, yeah. Come on, guy. <laughs> well, that's right? why that's why he couldn't catch Josh Allen on that run play because he was so tired from flexing in the end zone earlier. He just he just didn't have the strength anymore, man. I know that was a, that was dumb. He needs to do more cardio. More cardio. <laughs> yeah, same. Um. So so, what do you guys think about Kiko? Really quick. Um, I think that's kind of an interesting topic just because he used to be a Bill. I think we were all pretty much fans of Kiko Alonso. Do you, 
Does your opinion of him change at all as a dolphin, or do you still like him? Because I, I'll go first. I'm I'm not a big fan of Kiko anymore. I think I think first of all, when he was um, doing really well here, his rookie season. Um, and people were saying the legend of Kiko was kind of a cool thing going around. He didn't really embrace it at all. In fact, unlike interviews with Jim Rome and national media, he's kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. I can't really worry about that. This and that. It's like, you know, I, I just, I know it's not, I know it's asking a lot to a point, but I like my players to embrace the fan base and embrace the people that think that highly of them. He could even say, yeah, it's cool. You know, I know that they're doing that, but, you know, I just got to worry about what's happening. But he never really did that. He didn't come off as, if you ever heard his interviews, he sounded kind of dumb. Um, and he, I guess, you know, I always see him now as a guy that's kind of like always having a possible late hit on whoever, LaShawn McCoy or Josh Allen or whoever. Like there was that um, touchdown run that was called back on Josh Allen where I could have swore he crossed the goal line and Kiko just took a running dive at his knees. Luckily he missed Josh Allen, but it was definitely a play that shouldn't have, or it was a, it was a tackle that shouldn't have even been attempted because Josh Allen was definitely going to have a touchdown had the penalty not called it back. Another great penalty by the bills, by the way, but I never really liked, I haven't really liked Kiko ever since that trade. And I think he's kind of a, I don't know, not a big fan of him. John, what did you think? Do you, are you a fan of Kiko anymore? Or has your, has your viewpoint changed on him? I never really thought of it. You know, I, 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 after they traded him, I kind of forgot about him until, you know, they play him once in a while. Um, same thing like with Pazlesny, right? Like I kind of forgot about him and then they play him like every so often. It's like, Oh yeah, that guy. I was a fan when he was here and it sounds overly like a fan, like a Homer, right? Like, Oh, I don't like him anymore now that he's gone. But all you see of him is taking dirty shots, right? Like, unless you're watching a, a Dolphins, like, I don't watch the Dolphins week in and week out, but on SportsCenter or the plays, all I've seen of him in the last couple of years is taking dirty shots on players. And, like, that play where he almost took Flacco's head off. Yeah. Remember that one? Yep. Yep. So I'm not. They showed it. They showed it in the broadcast. I'm not a big fan. Yep. Yeah, me either. You know, I want. Like, if, a little bit. The guy's got, uh, seems like a big ego. Yeah. Big ego for sure. Um, so, okay, so I'm going to give my Wall of Famer of the game. John mentioned it earlier in his honorable mentions. Um, Zay Jones is my Wall of Famer because um, although I know Josh Allen had a great game, he's he's definitely showing progress, which we love to see. I think Zay Jones, I think this was his breakout game as a Bills player. Um, the two touchdowns, almost a third touchdown, like Mike said earlier. Um, and it's just, I, we always talk about Bills or, you know, wide receivers having their third year as a breakout season and they always show flashes of it in their second year and they show flashes of it in their first year to a point sometimes, but in their second year, they start to show more flashes. And I think next year with the chemistry that Zay Jones and Josh Allen have been showing so far, if they can continue that through training camp in the off season, I mean, he could be, he could be a possible, I, I don't want to say wide receiver one, but geez, I mean, He's he's definitely becoming a reliable target for Josh Allen. I'm excited to see where these guys can go from here, um, and see if they can continue and build off of that. Um, so so really looking forward to that. Really excited for that, especially after the first, after the season he had last season in his first season, which was a very big disappointment. I think though that still has to do with him being put in a position he shouldn't have been put in. I don't think that necessarily you should draft a wide receiver in the second round and expect him to be a main contributor right away. But because of Anquan Bolden's retirement and blah, 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 um, he ended up being one. But anyway, 
after every game the Bills lose, we usually do our blame game. So let's play the blame game. Let's play everyone's favorite game, whether it's at work. I thought you were going to send out that email. Or at home. I thought you put out the trash. Or when your favorite team loses, let's play the blame game. All right, guys, so who do you put on your wall of blame for today's game, for today's loss against the Dolphins? AFC East opponent, division rival, loss. John, who's on your wall of blame? Man, where do I start? Um, <laughs> well, I got I got to mention the offensive line again. Um, you know, you got the penalties and Josh Allen scrambling around for his life. McCoy can't get going, so that's still an issue. Um, McKenzie, the the muffed punt, and the and then he he muffs the kick return too. Um, I it, and it that kind of leads me into Danny Crossman, right? Like you had mentioned, all the special teams. Um, errors this game between Hauschka, the, the muff punt, the, the block punt. Um, you know, one of the announcers had mentioned something about like the normally reliable Danny Crossman unit. I'm like, what, who, what games have you been watching? Cause this guy's terrible. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put Danny Crossman at the top of my list. Mike, who's on your wall of blame for today's loss? McKenzie that changed the game. That, that first fumble totally changed the game. So, I got to ask this question, honestly, because he was one of my honorable mentions. But is it his fault that he muffed that punt? Because someone hit him like right before that happened. So he might have thought like a Dolphins player hit him or something. I, I, I guess I don't know. Should he have? Is it because he didn't catch it? He had no business trying to feel that how far up it was. He should have waved everybody off. Was he? It looked like he was about to catch it, right? Was he not about to catch it? And. Or was he like that far away from me? He shouldn't have even been that close to it. He had to run away, and then like he barely got there. Oh, okay, okay. And to note, he had like he, for the one season where he was returning for the Broncos, he had, like six fumbles for the Broncos. Like it's not, it's not anything new for this player. No, so it's just a continuation. Remember, we were saying before the podcast, you just googled Isaiah McKenzie for just, just for fun. What was the yeah. F- yeah, like the first thing it came up was like cost Broncos playoff chances with a punt return that was fumbled or something like that. <laughs> awesome. so, so you could you could blame Bean for bringing him in and Crossman for starting him, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> so two blames there. No, you know what? I like what Isaiah McKenzie's done on the offense. Just don't let him return any more punts or anything. You know, yeah. but how many games have we seen? I feel like this season more than any other season we've seen, and this goes into my wall of blame, by the way. I have to go with special teams and Danny Crossman, like John had mentioned, for Hauschka, for the block punt, for whatever uh, coverage. And it's just been he's just been very bad this this year, including this game. How many muff punts have we seen this season? I want to say at least five. <laughs> like that's three more than you should see in any season. And we're only 13 games in. So um, wait, 12 games in. Yeah, 12 games in. So it's just like, you know, I. I hate to say it, we're going to eventually, towards the end of the season, do a locker room clean-out episode or multi, multi-podcast multi episode where we talk about you know things that we'd like to see different next season. I know I'm going to discuss Danny Crossman's special teams and that being one of the major things that needs to change next season. Um, so yeah, so after every Bills loss, we always like to, to go into the Bright Side segment and talk about things that give us cause for optimism in the future. Oh. 
always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. So I think the, the most important thing about this is, like we mentioned, Josh Allen. Every week we look for more and more progress from Josh Allen, and I think today was another step in that direction. Not only did he make plays with his feet, he made plays with his arm. He he had the highest um, passing total of any game so far this season for himself, 231 yards. So he's throwing touchdowns. He's making good good plays. I mean, sure, there's a couple of you know bad play calls, but, I mean, how many quarterbacks have we seen guys where, like, they were just too afraid to pull the trigger. I mean, they all end up that way in Buffalo, don't they? Whether your name is Trent Edwards, Rob Johnson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, eventually they all stop throwing the ball, and they all just play it safe. Whereas Josh Allen, no matter how many plays go bad or whatever, he's always slinging the ball and trying to make a play. And I love that about him, and that's honestly one of the things that I've I've enjoyed the most about this season and having him as a quarterback. So, uh, oh, uh, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, he actually had 245 against the Chargers. So, I mean, it was one of his best games, okay? <laughs> so, um, what, what do you guys think? What are, some, what are some causes for optimism even after this Bills loss, even though they most likely won't make the playoff, playoffs after this loss? Well, like you said, the obvious answer is Josh Allen. I think also as a team the last few weeks, they've been playing with a lot more passion. And I don't know if that part of that is Allen coming back in, in his energy. Um, but I think overall as a team, they, they, they seem to be playing with a lot more passion. Definitely. What about you, Mike? Well, you saw huge tries from, like you said, Zay Jones, um, Allen. It's great how he continues to improve, I think, with the run game, getting getting out of bounds, um, playing smarter. And then as he's moving around, he keeps this, his eyes down the field, and it's better and better. Um, and then just for optimism, a microcosm in, that, in this game was, man, you're, you're, when you saw Edmonds on the ground, didn't you're like, oh, my gosh, your heart uh, oh, yeah. stepped out of your chest a little bit. So no – Huge injuries, especially with Edmonds, I would say. Like, that had me a little worried. Well, geez, Mike, don't jinx us. Next game, man, watch. Like three ACLs or something. But no, go ahead. <laughs> this it. is a bright side segment. <laughs> this is a bright side. <laughs> no, no, I like I like both of those things that you guys said. You know, we were talking about Zay Jones. If you think about it, like on offense, the guys that will definitely be here next season for sure, when you talk about Zay Jones, Josh Allen, even like Deion Dawkins and Wyatt Teller, like these are guys that aren't playing terribly. Like they're they're progressing. They're getting better. They're gonna be a part of this season. They're they're honestly they're really like the only four players that I know are definitely gonna be here next season. And they're playing well. So think about that and then upgrades at every other position, hopefully. Then <laughs> you're talking playoffs, maybe Super Bowl. So okay, I'll leave the the bright side segment with that. Um as final thoughts of the game, one thing I thought was kind of cool that I wanted to bring up with you guys. Um on the podcast and our listeners was that uh, the Bills um, fans in general are awesome. I think we can all agree with that. Whether you go someplace out of state and you're wearing a Bills shirt and somebody comes up to you and says, go Bills or shakes your hand or gives you a high five. Like Bills fans are everywhere. They're great. I actually connected through the podcast account with um, a kid I grew up with, which is odd. So like, you know, I, I tweeted something 
last week and I noticed I saw it went through the likes and I saw that there was a, a guy I knew. Um, he grew up uh, a street across from me. So why, why this is important, why I even bring it up is because um, he's a big Bills fan. He lives in Pittsburgh now. And um, I remember growing up as a kid, like I didn't have, I didn't have um, any brothers. My dad wasn't a big Bills fan. So I always used to like, it's kind of, it's kind of sounds sad when I say it out loud, but I used to play football by myself in the front yard. I used to throw the football to myself and catch it. <laughs> so play football with yourself. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was like seven or eight at the time and I was just, you know, throwing the ball back and forth to myself. You know, it's like my only chance to get. It must have been really fast. Really fast. <laughs> Dude, I would throw bombs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't throw I wouldn't throw bombs to myself. <laughs> or if I did, they would be very high arcing, I guess. <laughs> I had to give myself time to, to catch it. Um, so this one kid that I knew from the boss or whatever, a couple years older than me, he saw me playing. He's like, Dude, he's like, we need one more one more player for our, our tackle football game. And I was like, sure, you know, I'll play with you guys. So we ended up playing. We became, you know, pretty good friends. And we, we played a lot over the years, you know, just tackle football. It was really fun. Um, gave me a, like a greater interest in the game to have someone to play with. And, and, uh, I thought it was just cool that we connected with, uh, each other via Twitter and, and through Bill's Twitter and being fans. And, um, and so, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up next time he's in town, but yeah, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. It doesn't happen very often. It's just two, two worlds kind of align just randomly. So, um, but if you're not following us on Twitter, you should at CTW pod circling the wagons pod, um, follow us on there. I believe we have almost 1600 followers. So, uh, we follow back all bills fans. So, yeah. Um, so the next game for the bills is, uh, against the three and nine New Jersey jets in Buffalo at 1 PM next Sunday. Um, real quick, if you guys could leave us a review in Apple podcast, we definitely appreciate it. All you got to do is just see where you're listening to the podcast, just keep scrolling down and then just leave us a review. So appreciate you guys listening. Okay. So signing off for John. Go Bills. Go Josh Allen. Nice. For Mike. Go Bills. <laughs> for me, Nate, go Bills. Still not a fan of Hockey League Jr., but uh, willing to give him the benefit of the doubt maybe later on. Talk to you guys again soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.